you for tuning in to Late and Disorganized. Uh, like I said before, I appreciate every listen. And um, first we're going to start off with, as always, the relationship segment. And this relationship segment is for the men asking what is your relationship with women now when it comes to me when it comes to not even getting on a relationship with women I want to first speak on my relationship with men now the thing is uh, I grew up with not many positive male role models around me. Most of my male role models were, um, you know, in sports and film, TV, things like that. It wasn't, in general, the men that were around me because most of the men that I knew were total (laughs) fuck-ups. It was one uh, man who was my uncle by... um, marriage to my aunt that I would say was the most positive role model for me when it comes to men was that, you know, I watched him be a protector, a provider, and, you know, a father and a husband to his wife and his children. You know, it it was a time when my aunt, (laughs) when she was uh, pregnant at one point, and my aunt is a very laid-back person, so I knew it was more than anything. It was a pregnancy almost. They got in an argument, and I just remember watching her try to fight him, and him, because she's pregnant, try his best to avoid, you know, her and hurting her and the baby. And she was going at him. <laughs> but... The funny thing about uh, the men that I grew up around is one of the reasons why I never really got into idolizing people that others would deem as, you know, thugs or anything like that. My nature, for some reason, when people come around me, they always expose uh, the truth of who they are. So no matter how tough I've ever been around someone, how no matter how tough they were, for some reason, when they got around me, they put their guards down. And I got to see, you know, the other side of that human being, like the pain, um, the loneliness, uh, just things like that, the insecurity. So I got to see that side and the side that they were out when they were out and about in the street. So it was like when I saw, you know, rappers and uh, entertainers or things like that. Thankfully, unlike uh, most boys my age, I was able to view them as human beings and not idolize them because I didn't see what they were doing as the way they should go about it or that, you know, there was a inherent toughness in them that wasn't in anyone else. They just were good at hiding their pain until... They have to deal with it when they're alone. I remember this one time I was um, at work. And I was young and I was riding with this cat who I think was my age. I may have been 19, 18. I can't quite remember. 
but he we were in the truck listening to Pastor Troy. We worked demolition for a construction company. And he said, I'm just like Pastor Troy. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I don't care whether or not I live or die, just like him. And I remember feeling sad for him. Not because he didn't care that he lived or died and shit. He didn't have any ambition to be anything other than what he was and saw himself as a crash test on me. Like, I'm just going to eventually explode one day and that's going to be it. And I felt bad for him that, like, damn, you don't want to be nothing. You don't have any dreams, any aspirations. But that comes from us not having role models that were more than what we already were. And the ones that we saw were in the the nature of being crash test dummies. They're going to keep going till they hit an object that won't move and they're going to explode. Like that was what we thought life was. Um, I wanted to first speak on my relationship with men to get that out the way to at the same time highlight why I admire women so much. Now, that's 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 the crazy thing. The um, as hectic and conflicted as the men I've known in my life to be, the women have all been standouts. The strength is it's um it's amazing from being mothers, grandmothers, supporters of the family. And one of the things that as a young man stood out to me the most is that of all the women that I met, like I said in a previous episode, my game was to be your friend and to make you feel comfortable to give me the number. So once I got the number, even though I had the number, the game didn't stop there. It became, I became the confidant, even though I would use that. to uh, further my own uh, selfish needs, I still had, it was still there. So um, a crazy number of young women had all at one point confided to me sexual abuse that they had went through in the past. It, it be I was so skeptical as a young man that the amount of times I heard it it was like when someone's trying to sell you something and they bring up, it's like you in your mind, all right, now I'm just waiting for you to bring up the Lord. And then they bring up the Lord like, oh, yeah, you you fit the, the criteria of a salesman. <laughs> That's how it used to be with the young women. It was like, I'm just waiting for you to tell me you've been sexually abused or for some kind of pity. And it would come up and I'd be like, there it goes. Because as a young man, I didn't I didn't fathom or believe that it was that it was such a rampant thing or uh, a pronounced thing for young women to go through now if you're a guy and you ever lost a fight bad I mean bad you know how that that shame feels that um, self doubt all of that the anger you know how that feels and 
we have to bounce back from that. You know, and it it also creates uh, paranoias and things that we think of when we're out and about based off of that, that fight. But a lot of that stuff is triggered by things familiar to that fight. So if you ever got jumped, when you're surrounded by a lot of people that you don't know and people are being aggressive, you know, you, 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 um, your flag is going to go up. And it's just like, think about the amount of women out here that had that happen to them. A lot of them confided in someone who didn't believe them. And they grew up through all of that. And, you know, broken traumas from the past got it how things that they did. So they may have had kids early. Uh, They may have had a drinking problem, uh, a sleeping around with men problem. Even though when men do it, it's fine. But (laughs) they were just doing all of these things. And to, to at the same time turn around and find the the energy to get themselves straight like a lot of the women that I have met in my life have once they have had children have had been one of some of the like the most workaholic individuals I've ever seen when it comes to taking care of their kids and a lot of the things that men take for granted that women do for the children that, you know, we come around and the kids love dad and dad's the protector and dad's the yes man and uh, dad's the fun one. But it's so much of the emotional, emotional turmoil part of the children that the mother deals with. Not only that, working, dealing with the turmoil that comes from being a woman out in the workforce and then dealing with the children and dealing with our shit. Um, my relationship with women is um, one of admiration. I, I admire the strength of women. I admire the resolve, the determination, the focus. Um, to other men, what is your relationship uh, with women? Like I said, when I was younger, for me, it was never... Um, it was one of respect, but it was respect in terms of how far I need to go to get what I need to get. Now, as a man, I can't view women in that light. I just I have too much respect for them. Uh, and the older you get, the more honest you get. And I used to think that it was just because, you know, you, you've seen everything you can see. And you become more mindful of who you are, so fuck what other people think. But when I look at that through the lens of relationships, is the older you get, the more, for me, the more respect that you would have for a woman to where, where I don't have to fudge what I need to say to say to you in order to make sure your feelings are okay. I'm just going to be honest. You deserve that honesty. You deserve no games. The funny thing about women is that they've been dealing with the game so much that even when you are honest, instead of hearing the honest and direct way that you're speaking to them, they listen to the indirects of what you may say. So it was like trying to marry those two sides. This is why I think the coolest couples are the uh, 
the man and the woman that met in their 50s. Because I feel like that's the most honest, authentic relationship that you can have with anyone. By that age, you, you go out seeking exactly what you want. You, you've um, experienced enough to know what you don't want. And you're honest enough to resolve any conflicts. And that is the relationship segment. Thank you so much for listening. Um, stand by for any other segment that may come. Organized once again. This is our um, late segment, all more so disorganized because I feel like I'm a ramble. But as you can probably hear on the road, and I apologize. <laughs> um, the disorganized segment is going to center around keeping up with the relationship being uh, part of the show. Is uh, kind of disorganized thoughts about growing up and finding love or the search for it the first time you start dating and trying to iron all that out trying to figure out you know when do you say that you fuck with someone and making the right moves because no matter where we come from or what our experience was we all go through things when we're struggling to find ourselves within that world I know with me it was uh, I get bored really quickly but that's only because I throw myself heavily into what I do like I'll get burned out by it I'll, I'll start doing it I want to know everything about it I want to learn everything about it I just I, I get engorged in it like I want it to be, I want my performance with it to be so perfect that I, I, you know, I, I just want all of it. And I learned pretty quickly that my uh, time frame for most relationships was about a month or so, because for a month I'm, you know, I'm heavy. I'm this kitchen sink. I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone. I, I, we, we going on walks. We going on dates. Like I'm. I'm in there. I'm trying to do everything. And then I would always, at a certain point, just like wake up and then one day it's like, I just don't want to talk to them no more. And then uh, a couple of days turns into a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks turn into a month where I can just stop communicating with someone and not miss them at all. So... It's usually within the, uh, if, if the relationship went more than um, a month, that was always surprising to me. That always meant to me that I fuck with whoever I was fucking with. But I was always, uh, when it comes to searching out, when I was young, it was more of a uh, aesthetics thing. I didn't really care about too much what they were into as far as how it relates to me and if I would enjoy my time with them 
it was more so I'm just going to do shit that you deem some shit you want to do and we're going to do that and then I'm going to make you feel good and then hopefully I get sex from it. It was, it was like I was trying to actually enjoy myself. So what I was looking for was the physical features, but I never really was too much of a, a breast man. I was uh, more of a lower half of the body, some thighs and some ass, but there were some occasions where the breasts, you know, <laughs> like I, I got, I think I was uh, in high school and there was this girl who came from another school in another state and had a, like a strange name, strange to me. Her name was uh, Turquoise. So, like, from the moment she walked into class, it, it was like one of those things you see in the movie where the cute girl walks in and she's moving in slow motion and shit. It was like that. Like, but it was only, it only felt like I was looking at her. So she ended up getting a seat right in front of me and she just smelled so good and she looked so good. But I was just like, she was way out of my league. So I never made a move because I just felt like she was way out of my league. Fast forward a couple years go by, me and her end up working at the same job. So I was surprised to find out that she knew who I was. She remembered me because we barely ever talked, but she knew of me. So we end up getting real chummy at work. And I was so, I guess, charismatic in the way I was talking. It was really, really going well. After a while, she started asking if I wanted to go to lunch with her. So we ended up going to lunch to a, a Chinese spot. Like, that was in the same area where we worked at. We just walked over there. So she's telling me about herself and everything. And then somehow, way or another, she dropped a bomb on me that she had two kids. And I was... that. If you can imagine a thermostat being at 100 degrees and going straight to zero, that's how it was. Because <laughs> it was like, yo, how are you? We both still in our teens and you got two kids. So she was still talking to me, but I wasn't hearing nothing she had to say. I, I basically was done with it and made some excuse to get up and leave go back to work so as I'm going back to work one of my male co-workers he sees me he's like oh man you were having lunch with turquoise is she fucking and blah 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 I was like yeah man she did go ahead and take a shot so he goes down there and I guess she was so irritated by my response when he goes to try to sit down and talk to her she just gets out on him like snaps on him and shit <laughs> back then I didn't really put too much thought into it. I just thought it was funny. But like now it's like I can understand why she was in her feelings. Cause here's this person, like I said, I was real personable. That she feels like is on a level where her communicating in a way, seeing her like a person. And she's probably already self-conscious about the fact that she had kids at a young age and how that makes men view her and how many times dudes that she might even be into have basically ghosted her because of that. And here I am ghosting her off top and we got to still work at the same place. So it probably made her feel away. 
that is a bunch of disorganized thoughts. I forget where I started, but I hope you enjoyed it. story segment <laughs> this is actually sponsored by it's still in the theme of relationships but it's sponsored by the meme that I've seen recently that I, that I laughed because I couldn't relate to it and I, I'm sure a lot of men <laughs> can relate to it too but the meme said that my dick has taken me places no, it says my dick has led me to places that I wouldn't go with a gun. <laughs> and it's true. It's funny. <laughs> Some of the things that you do when you're younger and when you're out there chasing. Like the way this 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 all kind of well this for this particular situation all kind of started is that I was seeing this girl out here from a place that's out in the country out here is called Red Top. Now, I live more in the city part. So when I would go see this girl, this is before I had a car, I would catch a cab to where uh, she lived. And that was a, a $20 ride there and a $20 ride back. So she was cool and everything. Uh... It's just that it was more something for me to do. She was cool to spend time with. So one day I'm, I'm riding with my aunt going somewhere. I know we were coming back home from being somewhere. And we whip around the corner going down the street. And this nice thick thing came out nowhere with her friend. And by I turned into Mr. Stretch Armstrong with my neck like I... <laughs> I was almost out of the car. So we get to uh, the house. I run in the house real quick. Now, mind you, she probably got a, a two minute walk before she get down to where she was going, which is at the end of the street from the direction that she was walking. So I run in the house, I brush my teeth real fast. I, I, you know, I get myself straight and I run back outside and I see her about to head into where my neighbors uh, live. So I use that as a talking point. I was like, ah, oh, you know, such and such. I'll spark up a conversation. And I end up getting her number and calling her and telling her I was going to um, take her out. Now, when I seen her, she was kind of like a tomboy. Like she had uh, sweat bottoms and a sweatshirt, which with the sweat bottoms and the butt still big, you can. <laughs> so... When I, when I uh, told her we were going to go out, I think that night or the next night, I expected her to still show up in the jeans, a t-shirt, or anything like that because her whole demeanor was tough. And her, her style of dress was, you know, low-key. So I'm thinking she's just kind of a tomboy. So when she show up, she had on a print, a white, princess dress like snow white with the the bottom being poofed out and a big red bow and i i just thought that was 
weird. Like, who the fuck? It, <coughs> excuse me. It looked like she went home and told her mother that she was going on on a date and her mother dressed her. Like, it was so awkward based on the attitude and the self-assurance she had when we first met that she shows back up around here looking like someone who never been out with anybody before and, you know, was way too classy for the movies. (laughs) And who the hell puts a big red bow in their hair after age 10? But anyway, so... She lived on the street out here that if you ever seen Training Day, that scene where they're driving down the street and the guy's clapping for the uh, pigeons. It's like a long street passing by all these apartments. And at the end, there's not an exit. It's just a cul-de-sac. It's one way in, one way out. So that's where she, she lived in something similar. So she called me one day and said she was about to get off work and she's tired of always coming to my house to chill when I go to her house. So I tell my homie, like, I need you to come to this area with me because I ain't trying to just be out there by myself. (laughs) And I don't know why he agreed. Maybe he had nothing to do. It's not like he was coming there for any reason. He was just there to be support. So he comes with me. And we go all the way to the, uh, she lived in the back back of the, of the apartment complex. So, of course, we back there. And then, like I said, just one way in, one way out. We just, her, her door was by the stairs. So, me and him, we just sitting on the stairs chilling. And, like, a little toddler rolls up on a tricycle and asks me and him, well, who we here for? And so I tell him, like, you know, we waiting on such and such. And I says, is that your cousin? That's your family? Little man doesn't say nothing. He just rides away. And I'm thinking, all right, that's kind of weird. So we sitting, and then all of a sudden, two dudes come out of nowhere, and they just come post up in front of the, the apartment complex. They just there. And then two turn to four. Four turn to eight. Eight turn to ten, and you can imagine it just keeps going. But they all just in the area where we at, and then more cars come pulling up, and they not saying nothing. They just standing there looking at us. And my partner was like, "Yo, we need to get the fuck out of here." And I'm like, "Yo, we can't. Nah, you can't leave. There's only one way." And if you leave, you're going to look like a pussy. And if they're going to do anything, they're definitely going to do it. Do something from you leaving. And he was like, yo, all right, this, this shit, the situation is getting out of hand. I'll look like a pussy, nigga. You on your own. So he bounced. He just walks off and, you know, walks through like like the scene where the Lion King, where the lady, the, the female lion was walking through the hyenas. <laughs> he walks through them. So now I'm just there by myself, and it's like I was hard-headed. I was like, I'm a, I, I'd rather take this ass whooping I might get rather than walk away looking like a pussy. So I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to call the girl 
but her phone keep going to voicemail. Finally, like, I, I think I finally got through, but then the call dropped. So now it's like, shit, she, supposed, she was supposed to be home 20 minutes ago. She's still not home. And it seems like every time I look up, there's even more people. That's at, at a certain point, I was like, yeah, this may have not been smart on my part. <laughs> Let me uh, try to leave. So I start to get up. I do the uh, uh, stretch. <laughs> like I'm about to get out of there. Then she pull up. But now it's getting dark. And then she pulls up. She's talking to me. We having a conversation. She says, you coming inside? And I'm just like, uh, nah, I'm going to go ahead and leave. <laughs> because I was like, I'm not, um, whatever's waiting for me on the inside, I don't think would be worth what I would get when I get outside. <laughs> so she didn't, of course, I'm not going to tell her why I'm leaving. She and women are fucking oblivious because women grew up in this uh, neighborhood it's like these are my brothers these are blah blah, blah. I, I know such and such and they was a kid they don't be seeing these dudes go in savage mode well back then <laughs> so she ain't even looking at the situation like I'm looking at it but it really made me uh, that meme brought up those memories of uh, my dick has led me to places I wouldn't go with a gun <laughs> And that is story time. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Y'all have a good evening.